wrong, Dad? Please tell me. Minan is dying. She doesn't know, so you can't say anything. The family thinks it's better not to tell her. Why is that better? Chinese people have saying, when people get cancer, they die. We have to go to China. Wedding is an excuse so everyone can see her. He's my only cousin. Do you think I should be there? You can't hide your emotions. If you go, then we'll find out the right. Welcome to the Critics Podcast. This is Adam Sidorius. Uh, this is Joseph Salamoni, and this week we are joined by a special guest. Hi. <laughs> I'm Dave oh. Futro. Uh, <laughs> nice to meet both of you, even though I've met both of you before. Yeah. Yeah, great to meet you too, sir. <laughs> It's um, first impressions on this podcast today. Oh, yeah. Um, so we wanted Dane on this episode because he is the hot take king. Uh, he is... <laughs> <laughs> and yet we are going to drop no hot takes on this episode. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be our safest episode. Yeah. Well, we're back to the lukewarm take podcast. <laughs> that really uh, is our podcast so far. Like, because we only, like, every time we're like, oh, yeah, it's a freaking movie. Like, eight out of 10. Like, I, think the hottest, I, I, I think the hottest take we've had is I said that I, I really didn't like Lion King. I think that was the hottest take, but no That's one not really... even that hot of a take, though. No one was, like, avidly defending that movie. No one was like, no, the new Lion King was phenomenal. <laughs> My mother was. So she liked oh. it. Oh. Well, yeah, my weird. mom was like, how dare you? Um, so we wanted to talk about real quick. Oh, and actually, Joe, do you want to tell the listeners what you've been up to? I was uh, in New York last week. I saw eight plays at slash musicals. I got to meet, uh, and I met Jake Gyllenhaal. So if anyone read the description of last week's podcast, I achieved my goal. So <laughs> there's that. But, but we know that's why you were really there. You just wanted to, like, try yeah. to meet Jake. Like, you, I, you, I mean, you timed it perfectly. Yeah, I, uh, I, um, I I saw a bunch of theater, but that was really kind of the uh, the backbone. I saw like one of the most incredible musicals of all time, but I was just I was just trying to meet Jake Gyllenhaal. That was all kind of I think, inconsequential stuff. So I think the very <laughs> pressing question is, Joe, did you get Jake Gyllenhaal into bed? Um, a gentleman doesn't kiss and tell things. <laughs> I can't I can't divulge his personal information. Uh, let's just say me and Jake. I think Jake got him into bed. I don't Jake think Jake got me into bed. Yeah. That's honestly yeah. even better. Good for you guys. I'm happy mm-hmm. for you. The only thing I thought was weird was um he uh he 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 got into his Brokeback Mountain costume. I didn't know he still had it. So. <laughs> oh. He said he said the Mysterio globe stays on and I was like, "Okay, dude." <laughs> he had on the Mysterio <laughs> head yeah. and the jean the, jacket. <laughs> the fishbowl stays on during sex. <laughs> With a nice, with a nice cowboy hat on top. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just imagine Brokeback Mountain, but uh, he's wearing the fishbowl helmet the entire movie. <laughs> I'm upset that he never put on a cowboy hat on top of the fishbowl in Far From Home. That would have been such a nice little image. <laughs> on that note, uh, welcome to the Critics Podcast, guys. Uh, setting it off on a good note this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's two trailers that dropped, um, the first of which is a little, uh, Terrence Malick joint. He, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, I've seen most of his movies post Tree of Life, but mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest, and I don't know if you agree or disagree, Dane, I don't like anything he's done since then, like, right. Song I, I, was pretty average. 
but yeah i'd have um, to agree with you i i've seen tree of life and i've seen badlands and i've seen days of heaven so far but i can't say i like most of his stuff post tree of life either i have to say yeah um how about you joe do you agree with that or have you even have you seen those like post tree of life i don't really watch movies so i don't know (laughs) no um, i think um i really like i mean days of heaven is like like it's it's a it's a if you haven't seen days of heaven do yourself a favor and watch it Mm -hmm. it's really great um i like tree of life a lot i've never seen badlands Um, i've seen I didn't even bother watching Song to Song because I Night of Cups. I like had I like that was like a chore to watch, but it's such a it's like so well shot. But that movie's so like frustrating because it's like mm-hmm. there's like everything is there for a good movie, but it's not a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really like. Um, there's a good uh, Patrick Willems did a video on Terrence Malick that's really well done. Uh, he kind of sums up the same way I feel about him. Where I wish I wish he would go back to his more uh, his roots, I guess. Because I mean, mm-hmm. uh, the Thin Red Line. That's that's him, right? Right. That movie's yeah. amazing. So he's he he's even though he's kind of been in a weird phase of his career. So mm-hmm. yeah, I feel um, I feel like you can only be young and ambitious once. So <laughs> that's yeah. kind of what happened there. Well, I mean, he's almost ambitious to a fault. I'd say yeah. like he um his other films like I think Tree of Life was like a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And then I think after that he did To the Wonder. I think that was his one after that. Yeah. I've heard and that that's okay. I've never seen. I, it. I like that like less than Night of Cups and Song to Song. I I thought that was terrible, honestly. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, it was not a very good experience no. at all. <laughs> the whole time you were watching it, you were like, Ben Affleck cheated on his wife. I can't, I can't enjoy this. Yeah, but, but this one, I gotta say, it looks pretty outstanding. Like, yeah, every it really does. Um, it it looks like it takes inspiration because in Terrence Malick's early career, he made a lot of movies that were like naturally inspired he showed off a lot of great landscapes a lot of beautiful sights like around the world and i feel like that's what he's doing because i think this is taking place in austria and it's in one of the most like beautiful valleys i've ever seen just from the trailer i was like awestruck i was in awe of how beautiful it was mm-hmm. yeah so just and visually I think, it looks really good yeah and i think the fact that it's like um it's gonna be like based on a true story like makes him a little bit restrained to cut down on the bullshit a little bit like mm-hmm. It's gonna make him actually have to tell a story this time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, cause and again, I love Tree of Life and I love his earlier films. It's just with these last like three or four movies he's done, it's like mm-hmm. it's so repetitive and there's like no narrative to it. And mm-hmm. not that you need a narrative to have a good film, but it's like after a while, there's only like so many like shots of people putting their hands over people's faces. That yeah. Yeah. And those people, I agree. people twirling and mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like. It's There's the only so thing. much of that that you can do before it gets repetitive. Like, I see how it could be powerful to a certain extent, but when it's redone so much, it becomes redundant, mm-hmm. repetitive. Yeah, it's just, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's, True Life worked because it was about, like, these deeper themes, and it always, like, jumped through time, and mm-hmm. I, I love that movie dearly. And, you know, all those other, other earlier movies, they're great. But this one really, like, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Thin Red Line in the way it's about war and mm-hmm. um but it, like it looks like it has like that romance angle that his later her, uh later films have mm-hmm. and i'm just it looks incredible to me like i i think the trailer it made me emotional like i yeah. just the music the cinematography everything about it i think looks great absolutely the only thing that's a little bit off-putting is that it's at 179 minutes as a runtime mm-hmm. oh, which wow. is a, a full three hours and his original films were 90 minutes like badlands and uh days of heaven both 
or like even 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if like, like we were just saying, like the meaning of his things kind of go away with repetition. And I really hope that's not the case here. Be, because it does look so beautiful, but I have faith in this one, honestly, because I think well, it, it'll be better than his recent stuff. Didn't he just release like a like a like a ten hour cut of like a Tree of Life or something? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not sure. He he re released uh, the Tree of Life like I think it was like a it's it's not I don't think it's ten hours, but it's like a very long cut of the movie. Okay. Um, okay, I haven't seen that. I mean, the original cut Tree of Life is already three hours and eight minutes, um, and. That I mean, it's a it's a very long movie, but this one I don't know. I mean, I think it just depends if it's justified, um, mm -hmm. and if it if it's going to span like an entire romance and their entire life together. Mm -hmm. I think I could see it being justified. Um, definitely, definitely. So yeah, that's a hidden life. It comes out in theaters in December. Um, so the next trailer we're going to talk about is one that I've been really anticipating because uh, for anyone that knows me, Greta Gerwig is my you know. Soon to be wife. As soon as she <laughs> like throw a bomb box a hack, she'll uh, um, she'll accept me. Um, <laughs> Greta Gerwig's so, husband, who also directs movies. <laughs> yeah, he also, yeah, he directed my favorite movie of all time, but it's a hack. Um, uh, but yeah, he she uh, returned behind the camera with Little Women. Um, this movie, I feel like it's been in production forever. Um, like I remember seeing set photos like last year. Mm -hmm. and we're just finally getting our first look at it um so dane what did you think of this trailer um i really enjoy greta gerwig's style and i feel like the style that we saw in ladybird is really gonna be not necessarily the same but evolved in this movie i really liked all the stylistic aspects that she's putting out there already it seems like the cast is really going to live up to their reputation and possibly exceed my expectations um, I'm really excited because Greta Gerwig is one of those directors that's showing so much potential recently, especially with her themes of modernity and a lot of the morality and philosophical themes that she implements in her films. I feel like they're really going to be shown pretty well here, in my opinion. What do you guys think? Uh, do you want me to go first, Adam? Yeah, yeah okay. Um, go for it. <laughs> um, so I think... I'm, I I think the movie looks I mean it's I mean it looks good. The movie looks really good. Um you got Timmy and uh Sersha back. You got a great cast. Um I'm just interested to see cuz Greta Gerwig um Lady Bird is a, I think Lady Bird I don't I'm not as hot on Lady Bird as like everyone is. I know Adam's about to slip my throat cuz I said There's that, the but... first hot take of the episode <laughs> yeah, right hot there. Take <laughs> of the episode. I've never uh, Lady Bird I think is just really good. Um I mean honestly after you gave anything Hobbs and Johnny thing less than a 10 I'm just used to it by now. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. Um but I I'm excited to see her tackle something kind of almost like the polar opposite of not the polar opposite but like very different from Lady Bird. She's not making uh, I mean, uh, there's a lot. Coming of age is is a theme in Little Women. I haven't. Uh, I don't. I'm not too familiar with the story, um, but I, I'm interested to see her tackle something that's in a completely different time period. And in a, it's like mm -hmm. you, I, you can't make a because she's she's worked with Noah Baumbach, and it's I, I he, it's I'm I'm glad to see that this doesn't look like a mumblecore movie because I think that'd mm -hmm. be super funny if like she made a, <laughs> a mumblecore period piece. But it looks um, it looks really great. Um, and I hope that she kind of meets the because she's got a big she has a, she's got a bit a lot of this movie's got a lot of hype around it and I mix I hope she's able to reach that you know because Lady Bird was such a smash hit like mm -hmm. everyone loves that movie and everyone's waiting for this movie too so I hope I hope she's able to to rise to the occasion and I think she will I agree yeah 
Yeah, and I mean, it looks, I mean, the cinematography it looks amazing. Like, um, it's from the same DP as High Life, which was a beautiful movie, Ooh. I thought. Um, and High Life, is that the Tom Hiddleston one or the Robert Pattinson one? That's the Robert Pattinson one. Oh, I didn't care for that movie. We're doing a film podcast. And- <laughs> <laughs> but that, the movie's technical elements were pretty good, though, regardless of anything else mm-hmm. in the movie, though. I mean, any movie with a fuck box has got me. Yeah, very relatable for Joe. Um, <laughs> no, we, uh, yeah, I, I'm really hyped for this movie because, I mean, I was already excited just because I, I love Greta already. Like, even before she did Lady Bird, she was like, mm. just everything she did with Frances Ha and everything, like, I just love her so much. And then Lady Bird came out, and that was a masterpiece, in my opinion. Definitely. And, and this just looks, I think, incredible. Like, I've never actually read Little Women, and I've never seen the other iterations, mm-hmm. but... I know it's my mom's favorite book, and she tells me about it like all the time. And like, she she keeps trying to get me to watch all the older versions of it. Um, and maybe I'll have to do it before this one. But um, from what I understand, it's more of like I, I saw a tweet about it uh, earlier today that it said something like, um, you know, how Lady Bird left off with Lady Bird being in New York and about to become an independent person, mm-hmm. but like it cuts off right before you see that transition. Mm-hmm. Um, Little Women really is about like a woman becoming a woman, like fully in adulthood. Um, and I think uh, someone on Twitter said like, it's gonna be like a spiritual sequel to Lady Bird um, and kind of continue that narrative about independence. Um, so, so yeah, I'm really excited for this. And that's actually beautiful. really cool. That yeah. sounds really interesting that it's more about, they're gonna like finish the evolution of the person. It's not just like an adolescent and like an exploration of those years in a person's life, but it's gonna be, much more than that, it's gonna go farther. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I love that. And honestly, Greta, like, mm-hmm. I like the way that she does this because she Im- implements those other themes into her movies, but they never feel like, um, it never feels like condescending the way she does yeah. it, or like pretentious. Like, mm-hmm. she does it so naturalistically that I feel like, you know, Lady Bird had all these deeper themes about, you know, class divide and, you know, what it means to just, you know, grow up as a person and like, mm-hmm. like what it means to grow up in a poor family. Mm-hmm. But like there was something so natural about it that it never mm-hmm. felt like it was talking down to like people that were middle class. It just right. felt it yeah. felt like it was just it, it was wasn't just it wasn't trying it. to oppose people that were different. It was just trying to be itself and be real, be natural, and it did a very good job of that, definitely. And that's yeah. my biggest that's my biggest problem with Noah Baumbach is I think when he like I just think a lot of his movies I like I like Francis Ha a lot um but I think his movies I, I'm just referring to While We're Young I, I haven't uh, Adam's <laughs> about to kill I just While We're Young I, is hate, such I a, hate that movie too I hate I hate that movie so much um, yeah and she didn't write it so maybe that's why I haven't seen Mistress America yet um, Marriage Story is probably good but I. Uh, no, I, 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 I it's, it's weird because uh, Francis Haas is a great, great, great movie, but uh, Noah Baumbach's a hack. So um, <laughs> he I wrote my that... favorite. He wrote my favorite movie, but um, wait, can't. what did he write? He What's wrote Fantastic Mr. Fox. So oh, did he? Yeah, him and Wes Anderson wrote oh. it. So. Well, I actually have that theory that like all my favorite Noah Baumbach movies are just written by Greta Gerwig. So I'm just wondering uh-huh. if I'm not a Noah Baumbach fan. I'm just a Greta Gerwig fan. Mm-hmm. Um, Mistress America and Francis Haas are my two favorites of them. Um, although I do think Marriage Story will be good. Um, but yeah, that's Little Women that comes out on Christmas Day. I think limited release though, so we're probably not going to get it till like January, unfortunately. Yeah, we won't get it till like March next year, so. Yeah, <laughs> remember how Comic-Con <laughs> Women did it come here until like February? Yeah, that was... <laughs> that, was... <laughs> that was terrible. 
Um, by, and by then, we'd all learned about the peach scene, so it wasn't even... What's the point of yeah. watching the movie? <laughs> Another um, ice-cold take from Joseph Salamone. <laughs> <laughs> we had the hot take king and the whole cold take. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, guys, so, yeah. Guys, hot take. Uh, Little Women would be better if it was directed by a man. That's just not... <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, was that, a joke. that was a joke, everybody. I'm just kidding. Tar- I'm Quint- gonna- little Quentin Tarantino's Little Women coming out this December. Oh my Excessive God. feet shots. Feet shots. And then yeah. it ends mm. in a shootout. I remember after I saw Once Upon a Time and I was asking Joe what he thought about it, the first thing I said was feet with an yeah. exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was, okay, <laughs> I don't even know how to transition past that. Um, <laughs> poor women, Christmas Day, probably why don't, why don't, Adam, why don't we say farewell to this section of the podcast? <laughs> well, the we do have one more Oh my god, yeah, we forgot we had another section. But I appreciate, okay. that was a really good transition if we were doing that, I appreciate it. Yeah, Adam, um, why don't we, uh, let's hunt for a new topic to discuss. <laughs> This is your new job on the pod, Joe. You're going to come up with transitions for us. Everyone says um, I'm, I'm a terrible host. i got to step my game up. So, um, so yeah. Speaking of hunting, uh, the hunt. Nice. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. The hunt is a uh, satirical comedy action horror movie. I don't even know what, like, exactly it is. Mm. Um, the guy... Uh, who directed it, he, um, I'm trying to look it up real quick. Um, he did this movie called Compliance. Did he do Compliance? Yeah, he did Compliance. I think he did Z for Zachariah as well. That's it. Yeah. Oh, on Prince Avalanche. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So yeah, this guy, I don't really care for many of his movies. Compliance is okay, but Z for Zachariah, I thought was pretty underwhelming. Um, so I don't, I'm not coming from like a place as a big uh, what's his name Craig Zobel fan. I'm not interested in Craig Zobel joint. Sorry for you all know? the Craig Zobel heads out there. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as everyone knows, there was a slew of uh, mass shootings recently, and you know that's terrible. I'm not trying to undermine that. You know, we care about the victims, and you know we we really do. But this entire like trend of you know art being canceled in the wake of mass shootings and terror is like really grating to me. And um, here's the official statement that Universal put out because they just completely asked this from their release date. Um, and they have not put out any information that this movie's ever gonna come out like in theaters um, just because a white dude wanted to shoot up like a Walmart. Like that's why they did it. Um, so, uh, so yeah, they put out the statement um, while Universal Pictures had already paused the marketing campaign for The Hunt, after thoughtful consideration, the studio has decided to cancel our plans to release the film. We stand by our filmmakers and will continue to distribute films in a partnership with bold and visionary creators like those associated with the satirical social thriller, but we understand that now is not the right time to release this film. I think my biggest issue with this is that there's literally no one saying this. Like, there's literally no outside mm-hmm. movie. Right. They, um, I mean, Trump, like, tweeted something about it, like, after they canceled it. Um, but, like, before they, like, no one, the mass shootings didn't happen. And no one was like, oh, let's put our anger towards the hunt. Like, you know, that was never a thing. I never I'm, saw anyone complain remotely about Hunt being mm-hmm. released at a time like this. It's really baffling. 
makes yeah. no sense. And honestly, I know that I'm not saying that the shooting will not be a tragedy a month from now, but mm. I'm saying it comes out like uh, it's coming out like at the end of September. So mm -hmm. I don't really get what they're doing with this. Like, I don't get why. I don't know. Like, I, I just don't understand it, I guess. Like, I don't understand why they pulled it. I don't understand why, you know, this has to be the movie that was politicized, even mm -hmm. though no one was really talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just really confused about it. Um, how about yeah, you, Joe? Do you have any thoughts? Uh, it's more, I remember when the interview got canceled, um, the Seth Rogen, mm -hmm. uh, James Franco uh, comedy about... Uh, killing kim jong-un and i remember uh being really mad about it because i mean but i, I with this one i'm more so confused just because i mean like Adam said, it's not like i wasn't no one was like oh this movie should get canceled this is this is a bad movie like this is a it, this like it's i didn't even know the movie was coming out until they canceled it if i'm being <laughs> and yeah. i mean I'm, I'm, ne I'm never in favor of canceling art uh and i mean i don't know if the hunt is art i mean i don't know craig zoller might have knocked it out of the park but it just it seems like a, like it's like no it's like this no one really asked for it and it's it's i mean if at the very least postpone the film release it later maybe put it mm -hmm. on like a streaming service but to cancel it all together seems to to cancel a movie that no one's talking about and like try to act like you're being the good guy is just odd like they're like it's like like oh we understand we should we should cancel this movie but like i don't it's i don't i i, I just i it's very puzzling I yeah, I, the, the most jarring part about it is that they said they planned to collab with these creators again, but they mentioned nothing about a further release for the film. Like, mm -hmm. they, they, they did not hint that they were ever going to do this. It said, like, now is not the right time, but now is, a, like, an everlasting moment. I doubt they're ever going to release it. Yeah, I think they're going to, like, give it to Netflix or something. Like, that's my prediction. Ooh, possibly, um, possibly. Yeah, because, I mean, um, but honestly, at this point, I could imagine, like, this is like the best free publicity you could have done. Mm -hmm. Like you cancel a movie and then you uncancel it and then you release it in theaters. I guarantee, like the box office like doubles at that point. But well, that, yeah, because now people who weren't in, are seeing it just out of like, like, like the principle alone, seeing it like just well, because like now I want to see the movie just because I'm like, oh, well, I want it. Like if you're gonna don't cancel the movie because of politics, just like I want to see the movie now, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, like like you guys were saying, like I don't know if I'm gonna like love this movie or anything. I don't really. I, I saw the trailer; it looks pretty good. I, I didn't like love the trailer, but it looked interesting enough. Um, I just it's just the whole like concept of it. Like I don't even care like what the movie's about. If like a mass shooting and like a guy wanting to cause terror is directly the cause of art getting canceled, I feel like that's censorship, mm -hmm. and that just kind of rubs me the wrong way you know it's like it just really gets under my skin that it essentially this dude um or these people that did all these mass shootings they won in mm -hmm. what they were trying to accomplish you know mm -hmm. and i feel like it's almost counterproductive you know very um, so i just it annoys me to like no end and like, if I, the movie truly is satirical then wouldn't that be kind of poking fun or like trying to point out like the correct morals that should overcome things like that from happening you know what i mean like i feel i yeah. feel like it's super contradictory intention versus action really does not line up mm -hmm. at all yeah yeah no i mean totally like it's it's just so frustrating like it, it really is and i think that's the, like you said dan like it's like it's the big irony of it all is that mm -hmm. if it's a satire they're kind of like just they're emphasizing the point for whenever it mm -hmm. does come out like i feel like this movie just has like an unnecessary target on its back 
Yeah, um, and it's one of those things too where if it's not if people like because I've seen people be like, oh well, even if it is satirical, it's not. People might under, not understand that, but that you can't put that on. You can't like you can't put dumb people on the movie. You know, it's not the it's yeah. not the movie's fault. It's and it's not even the on a brush cut. It's not the movie's fault that. That, that that these these terrible events happened and it's not the, if you misinterpret a movie that's your fault and unless the movie is willfully careless with its mm-hmm. execution it's it's the same thing when people say that Wolf of Wall Street is a is a dangerous movie because it glorifies it's like that you you're not paying attention to the movie if you think that that's what it's doing mm-hmm. and if to 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 say that that the that the hunt would encourage people to to do that without even having seen the film it is a bit concerning just because it's like it's it, i mean it, it, it does boil down to censorship but it, it's it, you're deciding what stories can and can't be told so yeah i mean it's i, I mean i know we've talked about it our, we've talked about it for so long already but it's just it's it's upsetting um i really do hope it like finds a release date just mm-hmm. on the principle of i think any story you know unless it's like straight up like propaganda like yeah kind of way the original birth of a nation was like mm-hmm. any well-intentioned story i think should like be told you know mm-hmm. um and even if it like sucks like i don't care like i just yeah. want it to come out because it's like I, I think a white supremacist doing a mass shooting it just it rubs me the wrong way you know it's the same thing with the, like we i know we already brought it up with the interview like the yeah. fact that they canceled the theatrical release that was just north korea winning mm-hmm. in that battle mm-hmm. like i know that was like they're like, oh, we're gonna like look out for the safety of patrons across the country. Like, no, mm-hmm. we're gonna nuke every movie theater in America. <laughs> like, I don't get like I, I remember when that was happening. They were like, oh, it's gonna be like nine eleven at every movie theater, and it's like, no, like that's not even humanly possible. Mm-hmm. Like, and it just turned out to be like a Sony like insider hacking the system or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So although I will say that the interview wasn't exactly a well-intentioned movie though. <laughs> that was the funny thing is like the interview came out and everyone was like it's all right like i thought like I comes out, and everyone's like oh it's pretty good i guess yeah and that, i think that's the big thing with this it's gonna come out and people are gonna be like oh okay cool like no one's gonna like it's not gonna be anyone's favorite movie of the year like mm-hmm. it's not worth this controversy like i mean it's True. like if you can't where'd you go bernadette because of this like yeah. i don't <laughs> yeah i just don't i don't know i don't get it and we've had but, more political like there's like 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 vice came out last year and no one really said like it's 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 like why is the hunt getting like it's like like the, i mean like that like mass violence has been an issue for years and like political films are still coming out or politically yeah. movies with, like fair and balanced is coming out later this year like um i just don't like i, I don't understand well, it's probably yeah. because Dick Cheney made money off the Iraq War, so that is yeah, very <laughs> true. Um, and also, so, on a bigger spot, when are we gonna get "I Love You, Daddy"? When's that gonna come out? Because that's I think everyone's waiting for it. Uh, you can get it on the Pirate Bay tonight. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the Hunt probably coming out never. The Hunt, um, starring Michael Madsen. Uh, it's a great foreign film. You mean Mads Mikkelsen? Mads, Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Madsen. <laughs> Is Michael Michael Madsen's from Kill Bill, right? That's the I confused. Yeah. He's from Reservoir Dogs, Mr. Blonde. Mr. Blonde. He's in he's in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for ten seconds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he leaked the Hateful Eight script, so He also leaked the Deadpool footage back in twenty fifteen. He did, yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's the hunt. 
Um, but moving on, you want to do the transition, Joe? Yeah, let's say farewell to that topic and move <laughs> on to the meat of the episode. Uh, we will be reviewing the, um, uh, what's her name? Damn it. I had a Aquafina. Lulu Wang. Lulu Wang's uh, Lulu Wang's Marvel film, The Favorite. Not The Favorite. The fa- <laughs> I already called Lulu Wang's epic, The Farewell. Jesus. Ari Aster is doing Black Panther 2. Lulu Wang is doing Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy 3. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, The Farewell is a... Um, I don't even know if to call it like a foreign film or if it's an American film. Like It's kind of weirdly in between. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, the basic premise is Aquafina. Um, she plays Billy, who um, the movie is sort of Lulu Wang, like kind of based Billy off of her life, mm-hmm. um, and she's an American who is uh, she's a Chinese American who's like struggling in New York, and she hasn't been uh, back to China in like I want to I what since like she was it a was kid. It- 25 years, I think, was the date, was like the time gap they gave. I think she was like 31 in the movie. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so she's been in New York for like ever. And I remember her home. China has, is like a, is a country in Asia for anyone who doesn't know. Um. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they. That was a good uh, show. That was a great show. Um, so yeah, she she's still like in good a relationship with like her grandma. Um, and they have to like. Uh, you know, her family's, like, acting weird one night, and they eventually, like, come out and tell her that her grandma's dying, and they, they're going to go to China, plan, like, it's not a fake wedding, but they're only having the wedding to, you know, go see the grandma one last time. Mm-hmm. And the big premise of this movie is that they're not going to tell the grandma that she's dying, because that, and that's, like, kind of the whole thing in Chinese culture, or it's not everyone, but a lot of people do it, apparently, mm-hmm. is that they don't tell their elders that they're dying. Um, so yeah, that's the basic premise. We're going to do a spoiler talk about this a little bit later, but for now, I think we're going to give like general thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dane, what did you think of this movie? Uh, I thought that The Farewell by Lulu Wang is one of the best films of the year. I think out of like the 25 or 26 movies I've seen this year, I have it at number three. Mm. I think it was super ambitious because not only was it very telling about Eastern culture compared to Western culture, but it was also super insightful to the morals that take place. And like as American viewers, we don't necessarily understand much of what that movie entails when it comes to like materialistic things. But when it comes to like the spirituality of it and all like the philosophical texts that are being pulled, I thought it was super ambitious and super interesting. I'm I'm in love with it. I I, I want to see it again, but I think mm-hmm. it's not in theaters at this point. I think it's out. It's in our local AMC. So if okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's only three and a half hours away. So yeah, I, if, just... I, if I leave right yeah. now, I can make it. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, Joe, what did you think? Um, this movie sucks. No, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> uh, I thought I, I really thought this movie was uh, was delightful. I really enjoyed the film. I thought uh, the cinematography was really striking. Uh, I love how she films the city. Um, I thought I thought my my only really I only have two really real critiques of the film. Uh, I think the dramatic moments are kind of there's one dramatic moment that kind of just pops up out of nowhere. I thought, and then I thought that I wish it would have gone a little further with a couple of the themes. But overall, the movie, it's really, it's super fascinating. Like, the whole, it's got a, it's, it's got a great hook, you know? The, this, I, the pitch of the film is super interesting, and I think mm-hmm. really, I mean, really 
I, I, when I saw the, the, when I heard about the movie, I thought it'd be more so about death and grief, but it really is mostly about, um, the, uh, the differences between Eastern and Western culture. And you really, mm. it, it's, it's weird. Cause the, even though like the, the idea of it to us is so absurd by the end of it, 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 it doesn't, it's, it's not necessarily like, you don't necessarily agree with it, but you want, you understand why they're mm. doing it. And the, the, and you really get, you really, I mean, it is like one of those movies where you 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 see into the culture, and they don't. Right. I, I really appreciated that she didn't like explain. Like, there's scenes where stuff's happening, and they it's not explained, but you just get the gist of it. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Very. And uh, it's also super funny. I don't think I don't think anyone's expecting how funny this movie actually is. Um, oh yeah, it's like one of the funniest movies I've seen this year. It's it's hilarious. Yeah, it's almost um, as funny as Holmes and Watson, but uh, <laughs> not quite. But it's up there. Um, yeah, this I think one of the interesting things about this movie is that it's literally based off a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an episode of This American Life that Lulu Wang did, I want to say like in 2014, maybe 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and I listened to it recently, like after the movie. And it's a great podcast. And they... Um, Almost as good as this good, one. Yeah, I was about to say, it's not as good as this podcast, but it's up there. Um, and I, I just, I really loved this movie because... It hit me. I knew this movie would be emotional, but I think it hit me in a way I didn't expect. Like, I'll, I'll get it more into it, like within the spoiler section. But there's a like running theme of this movie about like what, like what's home to you? Is it the place that you were born in, or the mm-hmm. place that you have lived most of your life? Mm-hmm. You know, what defines home? Is it family, or is it where you thrive as a person? Like, right. I really like thought Billy's character was really relatable in that sense and mm-hmm. i thought aquafina in this movie was incredible i thought yeah um i i do generally like her i thought she was getting crazy rich asians and um neighbors too those are like the only two movies i can remember her in but like she She's was really annoying in um uh, oceans eight i thought <laughs> oh i forgot about that movie um but i think in this movie it. i think i mean we still have like a few months to go but like I think she deserves a Best Actress nomination, like mm-hmm. for this performance, as of like right now. I um, definitely yeah. agree with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I would put like her and Lupita Nyong'o and Florence Pugh, um, as like my top three performances, like mm-hmm. right now, because like in this movie, there's one, there's like two or three scenes in this movie where she really shows her chops, like where she's like crying, or even when she's not yes. crying. There's like I think this is such a great narrative tool. Like the whole thing with um her not being able to tell her grandma about like the illness, but then like her grandma telling her about like certain things, mm-hmm. and you she just you could see the pain on her face when she can't properly express why she missed and, her grandma. Or, and like, Adam, why she missed her. you were just saying how the movie's about like the different definitions of uh, the concept of a home, and yeah. that scene where she is sitting down and crying, she was talking about how one of her few memories from her home wasn't even in New York, where she's where she is now. It's like when she was back in China and when she was actually thriving as a child and as a human. Mm-hmm. And that's like one of the most intriguing parts of this movie, along with like yeah. the multiple themes that it explored too. Like it, I felt like this movie was so expo- explorative. Like it, it kind of. In a way, it explored themes by means of opposites, like good and evil, east and west, like truth and lies. It it did such a good job at setting opposites of things so that it could explore explore everything in between. And that was probably my favorite part about this, I'd say. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, that's a great point because, like, I don't know, like, 
everything with um Billy's character, I felt like she didn't really have like a like she does consider herself herself to be American and she does kind of like push herself away from the Chinese culture a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um like she doesn't like you know necessarily conform to like the traditional values, I would say. Like she's very much a New Yorker. Like you see in the opening of this movie that she very much thrives in New York. She likes, you know, she like uh even though she keeps getting turned out jobs. Um, mm-hmm. she's good there, but there's this part of her past and her isolation from her extended family that has always kind of like haunted her. And I think that's a really interesting dynamic, like between her and her grandma, but also her like deceased grandfather who died when she was really young. Mm-hmm. Um, that is like my favorite part of this movie was just that whole part of her character I thought was really interesting. Um, and also like one thing I loved about this was that even though this movie is very much dipped in like, the Chinese culture and like almost every scene in this movie is them talking about like the how specific things are in their culture and to their family. The family scenes in this movie are very relatable to like Mm -hmm. most people, I think like especially the one dinner table scene where they're like Mm -hmm. arguing with each other. Mm -hmm. It's just so accurate to like how family dinners are. It's like, so passive aggressive as like yeah, the sushi yeah. table is rotating and they're all like casually eating food. They're just like jabbing each other with like these little remarks like, oh, you're still sending your kid to America, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go to spoilers in a second. But real quick, what did you guys give this out of 10? I think I gave um, it a, a 2. No, um, I think <laughs> I gave it an 8.5 if I remember correctly. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Um, I give it a nine just because, like, I I think it's one of the best films of the year. I really do. I I thought it was remarkable. It was well, just I beautiful... also I also gave it a nine, so you're not special. I don't yeah, know. I gave it a nine too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, on that note, let's uh, turn to the spoilers, boys. Um, so, uh, so like right when they get to like China, I thought it was like really cool, like the way. Like the immediately, like the the second that she gets to China, she's reminded of how different things are in and from uh, America. Mm-hmm. Um, like just like the guy like walking her baggage up the stairs, or then like then the second she gets to the door with um her grandma, and they're immediately like assaulting her and like saying how she <laughs> looks and stuff, and like mm-hmm. it's like immediately you get this entire family dynamic, and I thought it was fascinating. Absolutely. Um, there was actually yeah. one shot, like, it, I think it was the shot after they get out of the airport, after Aquafina gets out of the airport to visit her family in China. There was one shot, and at this point in the movie, I was wondering how often scenarios like this happen. And as I was wondering that, there was a shot of one apartment building that had, I'd say, about, like, 100 windows. But gradually, it started zooming out to where there were two other apartment buildings that were adjacent to it with, like, an equal amount of windows, revealing the amount of households that this situation could also take place in. So it was extremely like enlightening to think that this same exact situation, even though completely unforeseen to us, could be happening to so many different families in a different culture, which is something that we can't really know about in our culture. Yeah, and also what you're saying about like that shot, um, I think that also like is complemented to like Lulu Wang's eye for visuals in this movie because mm-hmm. she has a great visual style, and the way she- that she like depicts china is amazing mm-hmm. I, I just the shots of the buildings are so i mean i'd it, it, it's it, she's lucky because like the the city she's taking in is a really interesting city like visually but i think she does she uses it to she uses like it, it, it to the 
Vegas if it's possibility. Uh, I don't know if that was a dumb sentence I said, but she does a really <laughs> great job capturing the city. Uh, and I just I, I I read somewhere that she like demanded that they film in the actual city that she grew up in because she wanted to capture those buildings. So it was clearly something that she really was really personal to her. And um, I I just I really it it really it, it feels really authentic. It does it doesn't ever feel forced. I thought mm-hmm. aside from. Uh, the the moment I, I you guys might disagree with me. I thought the scene where she's sitting on the floor, even though I thought it was like excellently acted, I thought it just kind of popped up out of nowhere. I was like, oh, this is a dramatic scene now. Um, but that, that I might didn't... just be my dumb American brain. But... Um, I didn't I think it is your one. dumb American brain. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I that scene that was my favorite scene in the whole movie. Um, because... Okay, okay, liberal, <laughs> but. <laughs> um, I just love that scene because. It, I didn't think it popped out of nowhere because I thought every like little scene between her and her mom was building to that point. Right. Um, and there's so much silence in the room, but all the little looks they give each other in the moments where they can't do anything in front of the grandma. This is like I, one I, of the only scenes where they have like alone together, you know? I love that scene too because I mean I, I said it came out of nowhere, but I I really enjoyed because I think that's always something like when people break out into arguments and stuff they're never alone by themselves they're oh like there's someone else in the room who just awkwardly has to sit and watch and i just love that mm-hmm. they're having this super uber personal conversation and the the um the it's the it's it's the wife um the girl who's getting married and the grandma and the grandmother's sister if i recall correctly yeah mm-hmm. and i and I, they're just kind of sitting there very uncomfortable the entire time it's like, <laughs> like everyone has like either been the person arguing or the person who happened to see the argument and mm-hmm. you don't it's like should i leave should i stay am i supposed to say anything and i thought that was really and i also it adds to because the um the woman getting married she's uh she's japanese if i remember right yeah she doesn't speak chinese, <laughs> speak chinese. so she's just this she doesn't really know what's going on at all the entire movie and then she happens to be there for the most like one of the most personal uh, conversations of two people can have. So. I think the best example of that spectator character that you were talking about that has to just watch chaos ensue is the husband because <laughs> he's he's like a member of this family and he he has like a total of like six lines throughout yeah. the entire movie. He just sits in silence and has this like sad look on his face because he knows what's going on but he doesn't feel like it's his place to comment on anything or to make himself known that he doesn't agree with what's going and on. And that's that's another thing too about how the kind of Adam was talking about the in the you it they kind of get family drama correct like the kind of the passive aggressive dinner table scenes and there's always just you just there's a person uh who just just doesn't say anything and is quiet the whole time and I think Lulu Wang does a really great job kind of not dramatizing kind of inner family drama mm-hmm. yeah I agree with that I mean yeah it wasn't like dramatic it just felt naturalistic the way they did that mm-hmm. um, I mean I'm just talking about like turmoil in the family you know, I but I know, like it's just it didn't feel like it was drama. Like they, she didn't like hide in it. It just felt like a very natural way yeah. that it happened. Um, yeah, I I love that aspect of it, and I thought another like great scene was like that scene where her and her like uncle are staring out the window, and he's oh, like telling crazy. her about like oh um, yes, um, and I think that like is really interesting, like the whole theme of the film about why they do what they do. Um, like the sense of um, family and collectivism is like a practice in China where they don't want the individual to like individually and be isolated in their pain and mm-hmm. their thoughts about this turmoil. It's just more so about the whole theme in China is that 
or at least in most families. I know not everyone practices it, but I think it's a large theme that they believe that it's not about the person, but it's about the family, the larger family tree mm-hmm. and picture. You yeah. know, that and, was that was definitely my favorite scene of the movie when the dad is smoking when he's not supposed to, and him and the mm-hmm. uncle they're both taking shots and. The uncle yeah. Tate, he he has this amazing monologue about the differences between Eastern and Western culture, and that's it's kind of the part of the movie where it's like, here's the meaning. But at the same time, it's something that was extremely needed because that's when we kind of needed that kind of exposition as American viewers because we're not necessarily sh- like sure about all of the cultural differences. But him breaking it down in that certain kind of way to an American in the movie was actually very enlightening. I feel like I learned so much from this movie. I, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, and I love that because before the movie, like I was, I saw the trailer and I thought it was really interesting, but I was like, I really hope, and I saw like there was only like 90 minutes before I went in. So I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I really hope they have time to like tackle and explain like why this practice is like, you know, such a thing in China, you know? And while you only really have that one scene of exposition, I thought it was so natural to the story and the characters that it's not like a scene where it was just an exposition dump Mm -hmm. because i hate that really irks me in movies where they just have to have a scene that explains things Mm -hmm. it felt very natural to the conversation and the emotions they were having leading up to that point you know i definitely Um, agree with that Mm -hmm. yeah and i think there's a um i just like the whole like moral dilemma of this movie you know it's like they she's constantly questioning whether or not what they're doing is right and I don't think the movie acts as a stance on it. It just kind of yeah. tells you each position. Because you know? I thought one of the most interesting parts of the movie is the brother character because he's kind of he is the most um, like adamant about not telling the mother, and yeah. uh, but ultimately at the wedding he does break down and cry. And yeah. I thought that was a really interesting kind of idea because he's so he's so devout in this idea that we don't don't show any emotion we have to take it but then he's ultimately the i think really the only character who lets it let who cracks in front of the grandmother and i thought that was kind of interesting the idea the the tradition is so strong but it's 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 it's, regardless of how you feel about it it's a tough thing to do and i thought that was really Mm -hmm. interesting for the movie to do I like your point because so many of the uh, members of the family were so set and so devout in their way of going about it. And Aquafina's character was the only character who was remotely unsure about Mm -hmm. what they wanted to do. And at at multiple times in the movie, she wasn't only just a confused American like we all are, but she was also a member of this family who was trying to tap into their decision making and their morals and try to get what she thought was morally correct in there which is a great struggle for the movie, which is almost like a subplot too. It was mm-hmm. phenomenal. Yeah, and like another like little small detail that I liked, I mean, it wasn't like a small detail, but it wasn't like the point of the movie was, I think I, t- I uh, tackled it earlier, but like that whole thing with Billy, she's feeling like a little bit isolated when she comes back to um, America, mm-hmm. or no, I'm sorry, to China. Um, like she feels like a little bit of like divide between herself and her culture. Um, this is just like a little bit off topic, but I, I'm Greek, like I'm a Greek American, mm-hmm. and I feel that way. Brag. It's not, I don't know if it's even a brag. It's just a thing. <laughs> like, but that's my entire thing. Like, I feel very distant anytime I'm with my Greek family. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't because anytime they like speak Greek or they have Greek food, and I'm over there and they're so indulging in culture. And anytime I'm there, I'm like, I feel like I'm pretending to be Greek, you know? Like, <laughs> You're like, I, I love know. Delmatas. <laughs> yeah, <are> I, <laughs> I love baklava, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Can I get some hummus, please? Yeah. 
yeah, I definitely like feel my... that though, Adam, because I'm I'm Greek too, so I know exactly because Greek oh, people nice. and a lot of different cultures are so devout and so set in what they want to do, and us mm-hmm. are just confused Americans. I'm, I'm yeah, Italian, I'm... and I the uh, I'm a Ita- I'm Italian, and I think the last. Uh, like like the last like real Italian person just passed away in my family, so it's it's like I used to have like there used to be people like oh yeah Vinny's coming back to the old country, but they've all, at this point they've all passed on, so it's now it's just we eat lasagna at Christmas, but other than that it's not. I love Green Book so much. Yeah, um, I love Green Book so much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, that's like kind of I think it's relatable for a lot of people that um have like a different um you know like they have some kind of other nationality like they're americans but they have like another part of them mm-hmm. and i i just thought that part was relatable you know because i have so many greek family members and it's just i don't know like i found that sense relatable and i think that's what kind of makes billy such an interesting character mm-hmm. is that she's kind of she's the great focal point for this movie is that she's the great person to kind of like go behind and she just, you follow her throughout this movie where she has a toe in each side, you know, or like a foot in each side. Like mm-hmm. it's like, she has her one foot dipped in America and the other foot uh, dipped in China. And you're just able to follow that. And it's, it's a way better like construct than like a white guy going to China or something, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And so like, one of the things I heard about was that um, I'll, when she did the podcast, a lot of studios were coming to her and saying they wanted to make the movie, but they wanted to change it. Yeah. And they wanted to, I think at one point it was a white, it was going to be a white person going, but it was, or it couldn't be in multiple languages. And she said she waited to make the uh, the movie the way she wanted to make it. So Yeah. I actually, I watched like an interview and she said, I think that was the point, Joe, was that she, um, she is very uh it was very important to her that more than half of this movie was in a foreign language like um and a lot of execs were like i don't know if we can do a whole movie like about in subtitles you know and mm-hmm. still like expect a relationship nationwide and i guess the jokes on them because this movie is doing great at the box office as far as in like an indie release goes mm-hmm. um but yeah, I, it says, I'm looking at Wikipedia right now, and apparently A24 was the, I mean, obviously A24 is the one that acquired it, but they paid $7 million for it, mm. and they topped Netflix, Amazon, and Fox Searchlight um, in the competition. So Wow. Yeah, so yeah, A20, and it's honestly, it's a perfect A24 movie. It's emotional, yeah. it's powerful, it's, it's everything. Mm-hmm. Um, if it wasn't an A24 movie, it would fall on the list of movies that feel like A24 movies that are. <laughs> we got to yeah. make a list of that one day because there's a ton of those movies that just. I was thinking like about movies. you know like like Avengers, um, <laughs> the, Alien, Godfather. <laughs> the Godfather, the Godfather, Alien Covenant. Um. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Booksmart I think feels like one. Booksmart does actually feel like a. <laughs> it really does. Um, yeah, so. After like after that, I mean, the whole wedding sequence I thought was really. Um, I, I thought it went on a little bit long. That was like my one of my only issues with the film was that mm-hmm. I felt like you could have trimmed that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that took up like ten to fifteen minutes of the movie. I think definitely. I agree. Yeah. I, they could have yeah. shaved off yeah. like three to four minutes, and it would be infinitely better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there is a part of the humor that I think works in like in regard to how long it's like drawn out and stuff, um, like like they're so exhausted by the end but mm-hmm. i did uh i did find that like a little bit grating but that's like one of my only nitpicks of the movie like um after that like 
the whole like um fin- uh, like final like 10 to 15 minutes of this movie um like that like last scene that she has with her grandma um this is the part where i cried in the movie like i like it really got me um just that shot of her driving away um, yes yes um man it wrecked me like and then you see like the grandma start crying too from but from like a distance mm-hmm. i was like this I, I i was really trying not to tear up but it, it just came out like i was I, it broke me it absolutely broke me it was so um, representative of how that families like that only like to show their emotions when they're at a distance because the yeah. entire time uh nai, nai was so uh, proud and she always stood upright she always tried to hide her problems but as soon as the car pulled out of the driveway and they were almost out of sight out of sight she began to break down and that was like one of the most powerful moments in the entire movie with me that car shot really fucked me up <laughs> i was i was close to crying too but i'm a man yeah <laughs> and then, i mean joe did you feel the same way or... um uh what was the question <laughs> Were you emotionally moved by the ending of this film? Was I moved? Okay, here's the thing with the movie. Uh, I have a tough time speaking about it because I don't know how to. I the I I I was moved by the movie, and I I the grandma. Um, we're in spoilers, so I can talk about it. She does. Yeah. She's still alive today. She did not pass away, and I'm very happy that she is alive. And I'm happy that Lulu Wang still has her nine eye with her. But I I I I. I, I that part kind of puzzled me because I didn't know. I guess the more I think about it, I guess the less it doesn't. I feel weird. To, it, it didn't bother me that the grandmother lived, but I was like, did this undersell the emotion of the movie? But the more I think about it, and now during this conversation, it's it, the movie is less so about death and grief and more so about cultural differences. So I guess, I guess, yes, I was invested in the film emotionally. Well, I think my thing, because I actually, um, I did feel a little bit the same way, like when I was leaving the theater. Because I was like, that's interesting. Like, then what is the movie trying to say yeah. if it's not, like, if it's not about that? So there was a motif in this movie, the bird that kept showing up, if you guys remember yes. that at all. That yeah. was also one of my favorite parts in the movie because it didn't indulge too much in symbolism because it didn't really need to. But with the bird, um, did you guys like the final shot of uh, the swarm of birds, like, completely leaving the tree? Because I thought it was yeah. super good. I was really mm-hmm. intrigued by it. Yeah. Yeah, I um I love that, and also like how she was doing that exercise that her and I taught her um, yes. about releasing the toxins because you know she was obviously like, feeling terrible like when she was mm-hmm. in America, and oh okay actually this is a good transition to like what I was t- about to talk about like when she was um when she did that like little move and all the birds flew away because uh, I think the birds did symbolize like home to her mm-hmm. um and her and I um I I think that like kind of spoke to the broader messages that I got from the film was that just because you leave like a place or people, you know, that doesn't mean they're gone from your life. Like you mm-hmm. always take what you learn from them and you live with it no matter how far away you are, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that is what I was gonna say earlier um, that I forgot. Like it was that I, I just took that as a, um, it's not so much about like appreciating someone before they like, you know, before they die, it's appreciating them while you have them. Um, that it shouldn't, they shouldn't just want to come to China because she's dying. They should make an effort to come, you know, because she's gonna, because they have her, you know, they should just want to come and visit family. Mm -hmm. Right. And, um, yeah. And I think that also was that, um, twist, I don't know if it's a twist, but like the whole punchline in the movie that she's still alive, it kind of was a, um, 
way for the film to focus more on uh what do you call it like about the culture and the philosophies of the film more so mm-hmm. than the actual story right that makes um so yeah i i loved it on that regard like that's uh, yeah. the way i interpreted it and going back to what you just said about the exercise that was taught to her by Nainai, she implemented that in her life on a crowded street in New York City, which was like symbolizes her realization that home, like you said, Adam, isn't necessarily where you grew up or where you have memories. Home is already within you and your ideas that you took away from that place, which was a great symbolic message, especially uh, when she did the motion, all the birds that represented home flew away into the atmosphere. It was gorgeous. And I did that. I did that last week in New York, and I just got a bunch of weird looks. So I think it might just be Aquafina. But uh, you did this in front of Jake Gyllenhaal. I did it when I met Jake Gyllenhaal. I went, I went ha, and he uh, <laughs> walked away. So I'd also like to say that I listened to Aquafina's music after this movie, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, love you, Aquafina. <laughs> but we do um, love you as an actress. You're wonderful. Yeah, Dan, it's, it's uncomfortable that you say that because uh, uh, I'm here with Aquafina now. So. <laughs> <laughs> She's a special guest. Uh, yeah, um, Aquafina. If you ever want to return for this pod, just let us know. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah. Any final thoughts from you guys, like about the farewell? Um, I think I said everything I needed to. Do you have anything, Joseph? Um, I think uh, I think I, I'm very excited to see what Lulu Wang does next, and I think um, I I I I I, I, I Force had some banging. I don't know. Is this a foreign film technically or no? That's the whole debate right now. It's like mm-hmm. if this goes to the Oscars, will it be nominated for best foreign film or best picture? I mean, I know it can do both, but I, like... I, it, yeah, I think it. I I don't know what the foreign market is this year for films, so I don't know if it what the best chance it has at winning is. But um, yeah. I think it's very. I think I think if if you get a chance to see this movie, do yourself a favor and go see it. It's getting a lot of Oscar buzz right now. Like mm-hmm. uh, Aquafina. I think Lily she will Wayne. get nominated. So I really um, hope she does. I hope she gets a nom. There's also buzz for the. Um, I forgot the. I don't know the actress's name who plays Nai Nai. Um, mm-hmm. She's getting buzz for best supporting actress. She's great. Um, which I yeah I'd be cool with it. Um, Definitely. I didn't know that this is a little bit off topic, but I didn't know Lulu Wang was in a relationship with Barry Jenkins. Really? She was? She is? No, she is right now. That's her, that's her boyfriend. No way. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's that's really cool. Um, wow. Yeah, I'm I'm like looking at her Wikipedia page right now. I'm like trying to see if like she had anything lined up. I guess I like, lost my ch- chance, but with Barry Jenkins or Lulu? Yeah, with Barry, with Barry Jenkins. <laughs> yeah, I lost my shot I, with Barry Jenkins. I think you lost your shot with Barry Jenkins when you fell asleep during Moonlight. I wow, did. Joseph. You didn't need to. You did not need to out me like that, Adam. <laughs> um, the well, first I time say... I've seen it like eight times at this point, just to to undermine, to overmind, to override the fact that I did fall asleep in it. But um, he was wide awake during Hobbs and Shaw, but he slept <laughs> during Moonlight. <laughs> I was um... awake in Hobbs and Shaw until he was like, "Let's go to Samoa," and then I. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I was gonna make one more joke. Uh, so you guys ready for it? Yes, let's yeah. Joe, I guess you can say farewell to your chances of uh, ever being with Barry Jenkins. Ha 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 ha. Yes. <laughs> thank, thank I think Dan's going to be the new co-host for the pod. That's, um, that'd probably be better. He's, he's got more interesting <laughs> stuff to say than I do. That's, um, all of our guests are better than me, so I don't know why I'm... <laughs> I mean, they're better than me, too, so it's okay. I think that's our entire brand. We just get people that are better than us. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So, 
Um, on that note, uh, well, Dane, thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I had a great time. Yeah. Uh, where can everyone find you online? If you want people to find you online. Um, I'm actually hidden. Uh, I don't want to give any of my information out <laughs> at all. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, uh, Joe, how about you? Uh, you can find me at Joseph Salamoni on most social media sites. Um, you can find me at Adam Sidorius on Letterboxd and Adam J. Sidorius on Twitter. If you want oh, to see more. What? Wait, hit me up on Dame Futrell, Letterboxd, bro. <laughs> Letterboxd <laughs> is the move. I, I was going to make a joke until you brought Letterboxd into the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, if you want to see more hot takes, go to uh, Dane's <laughs> uh, Letterboxd. Um, so yeah, we'll be back. Uh, I don't know, Joe, what are we doing next week? Are we doing anything? What is... um, uh... I saw the one about the light last night. Um, uh, well, where we, well, obviously next week's where we go, Bernadette. I don't. <laughs> Why do you mess up the title every time? <laughs> where do we where, go? Where, where are we Bernadette, going, Bernadette? Where am I? That's where for week. art thou, Bernadette? I've heard the uh, yeah. Where art for art thou, Bernadette? Yeah, I hear. I hear. Um, God, the amazing Jonathan documentary is really great. So we might talk about that. And obviously, where do you go, Bernadette? What about Good Boys? Good Boys. Um, I had tickets to go to the um to the Stephen Colbert taping of the Good Boys, but I didn't. Great, awesome. Um... <laughs> I care. Yeah, that, that didn't answer the question, but I saw Loose. That movie sucks. Don't see it. Oh yeah, real quick, Loose. Seven point five out of ten. I enjoy. Four out it. of ten. That movie is is stupid. There's a part uh, where Naomi Watts is that her name? Yes, it is. She, now. she goes. She very angrily goes. Yes, I know who Dennis is, and I laughed out loud in the theater. <laughs> nice. Um, well, I guess you'll find out next week what we're talking about. Since... You'll find out next week what we thought of Loose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or you just heard it right now. But if you haven't, if you weren't listening to this podcast, you can find out next week too. Um, so, uh, thanks for being on, boys. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week. Oh, and also you can find all the best reviews at or mediocre Critics. reviews at critics.com. Yeah. Um, so until next time, uh, peace out, gamers. Yeah.